0: AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Dr. Trim is coming to the stage now. Would you welcome her into the room? get ready for that word we're very excited to be here tonight we have spent hours and hours with the Lord preparing this special message for you and your life is about to go to the next level We want to welcome all of you to my personal Bible study group and they are on fire tonight and we are praying that your Bible study group is on fire like this group. We are going to the next level. We're going to the next level in our praise. We're going to the next level in our worship. We're going to the next level in our giving. We're going to the next level in our living. We're going to the next level in miracles. We're getting good to go to the next level in breakthrough. This is your next level moment. And everything about your life is about to change for the best. If you believe it, shall I believe you? Something good is about to happen to you, and not only to you, to your families, not only to your families, to your loved one. Something good is about to happen to you, in Jesus' name. Well, we're very excited for the message tonight, even as we continue on in the series, The DNA of Destiny. Destiny comes to us one day at a time. And as I was praying about this message, God began to show me that throughout our lives, many of us will have to face some storms, but it's in those storms that create the crisis and the crises create that destiny moment. And what you do in the midst of your storm is going to determine where your life is going to end up at the end of a day at the end of a month at the end of a year and at the end of your life you were built to last you were built to survive every storm and in this season you are not going under but you're going to go over amen let's look at our text tonight from the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 22 to 25 Luke chapter 8 verse 22 to 25. And many of us are aware of this particular text, but I do want you to take copious notes tonight And then uh, over the course of the next couple of days for you to sit with this particular text and let the Lord speak to you, because I believe that he's going to give you some principles that is going to help you to survive every storm that you will face both now and in the future. The Bible introduces us to a story. It introduces us to the uh, disciples being told by Jesus to cross over a particular lake and go on the other side. And so if we start in the uh, book of Luke chapter 8 verse 22, the Bible said, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they settled or as they sailed, he fell asleep. Excuse me. As he sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy, in peril. That word jeopardy, in peril. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and to arise means to go to another level. Are you with me? It means to go from a lower level into a higher level, a higher dimension, a higher plane. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And they being afraid, wondered saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commended even the wind and the water and they obeyed him. So tonight I want to talk to you and probably for the next few message is on the topic of misplaced faith. The scripture says something interesting in verse number uh, 25. He said to them, where is your faith? Where's your faith? Their faith has been, had been misplaced. And so I want to speak on a subtopic, wake wake the word up, wake the word up, wake the word up. Um, It's interesting because we are introduced to a real-time story in the midst of a real storm with real people being really, really challenged. It's a story that depicts our lives. We all have turbulent moments that challenge our faith, especially when we lose a loved one or when we lose our health or when we lose our children to streak or to drugs or to gangs, when we lose our job, when we lose our marriage, when we lose our joy, when we lose our balance, when we lose our rhythm, when we lose our reputation, when we lose our love for our wives, or we lose our respect for our husband, or we lose our hope in government, or we Lose our hope for a better and a brighter future. How we feel can often be described as a storm. We lose our peace in the storm to worry, we lose our competence in the storm to competition. We lose our innovative edge to the storm of destruction. We lose our commitment to complacency. We lose our excitement to boredom. We lose our thriving to struggling. We lose our faith to fear. And we lose our clarity to confusion. The entire earth is subject to seasons of storm. We have thunderstorms and hail storms and rainstorms storms and snow storms and then we have political storm and economic storm and if you live long enough you are going to have to face some storms as well storms come in all forms they are emotional storms Relational storms, marital storms, financial storms, health storms, psychological storms. Every last one of us are going to have to face a storm. The thing about a storm is this. Storms bring us into a crisis moment. Think about your life. If you have lived here longer than 20 years, you have had to have some storms that brought you into a crisis moment. Just think about it. One of the things I've learned about crisis is this, that it always redefines our lives. And most times we can never go back to what was normal because it redefines what we call normal. It's one thing for us to come to church to gain moments of respite or refreshment and to gain spiritual perspective. But once we leave church, life happens and it happens in real time. Sometimes our vision gets blurred by reality. Sometimes momentum gets molested by obstacles. Sometimes our hope gets shattered by debilitating situation. Sometimes finances crumble. Sometimes our health fails. Sometimes even the faith in God that we once testified about wanes. We all know it and we all can say amen to that. Because we have our testimonies. All of us have our moments. If you tell your story, the person on your left and right, I bet you they can tell a better story. Because we always feel as if somehow life is treating us one way and everybody else gets breaks. But it's not so. We're all going to be tested at the level of our faith. Sometimes we wonder if our faith is is worth fighting for but tonight I want to encourage you with this one statement that it is your faith is worth Fighting for, especially when satanic winds begin to threaten to destroy your peace of mind, when financial storms better your savings, when the waters of recessions rise and threaten to capsize your business or your ministry, when friends betray you, when your health declines, when your money dwindles, when you've been waiting and waiting for your breakthrough, this is when you You need to begin to fight the good fight of faith. We are built like boats. And boats are built to move through waters. They are not designed to take on water in order to stay afloat. The more water it takes on, the more likely it's about to sink. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you had a sinking feeling in the pit of your belly when you've taken on more than you should have when you've taken on more problems than you should have when you've taken on other people's opinion when you've taken on other people's emotion and you get that sinking feeling you woke up in the morning high on faith but before the end of the day someone said something to you someone said some Something about you. Someone betrayed you. Someone hurt you. Someone lied on you. Life happens and all of us have that sinking feeling because of a broken focus. We sink because of a broken heart. We sink because of broken dreams. We sink because of bruised e- emotions. We sink. But we often forget who's on board. We forget the fact that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world we forget that no weapon formed against us will prosper we forget sometimes we don't forget sometimes we just don't want to remember but we are built to move through life we are built to take a beating and keep on ticking we are built to take a beating and keep on living we are not built however to carry the burdens of life by ourselves we often forget the scripture when it says when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him we forget the fact that the word of God says come unto me all ye that at labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest we forget the scripture when it says take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lonely and ye shall find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light finding faith that works in real time becomes our greatest challenge i'm gonna say it again finding faith that works in real time is our greatest challenge it means that we have to trust god in the midst of the storm knowing that he which has begun a good work shall perform it until the day of jesus christ you serve A faithful storm. you, A faithful God. Who in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. He can control the storm. God will never lead you. Where he cannot sustain you. And if you've been led by God. God will sustain you in the good time. But he would also sustain you in the bad time. The one thing I found out about storm is this that when storms come they come with opposing forces I declare something over your life that whatever and whoever is opposing God's plan for your life it's going to stop and it's going to stop when you realize that you are the one that has the power to bind it or loose it the scripture says whatever you bind or on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is a loose in heaven. In other words, whatever you say no to, heaven backs you up. Whatever you say yes to, heaven backs you up. Whatever you allow, heaven backs you up. Whatever you disallow, heaven backs you up. I am decreeing and declaring. Hallelujah that God is going to reverse some circumstances in your life whatever is trying to stop you will be stopped whatever is trying to destroy you will be destroyed whatever is trying to humiliate you will be humiliated whatever is trying to afflict you will be afflicted whatever is trying to hinder you will be hindered whatever is trying to violate Violate you will be violated. Whatever is trying to push you will be pushed away from you. I decree and declare that tonight, today, hallelujah, God is going to increase your faith. Whatever is working against your children, whatever is working against your mind, whatever is working against your success, whatever is working against your marriage, whatever is working against your ministry I decree and declare that God is speaking peace and silencing your storm if you believe it clap your hands and shout I believe it oh yes in our text, we are introduced to the disciples of Jesus. A disciple is the same word as a student. They are students of the school of the supernatural. It is a division of kingdom university. Their provost is Jesus. And he takes them on this field trip to give them an object lesson and a hands-on experience so that they become Faith practitioners. The disciples found themselves in the middle of a crisis. I want you to notice that they had learned some responses that they duplicated in the midst of their crisis. They learned how to be a victim and what Jesus was doing was challenging their victims mindset. They learn how to be hopeless and to help be helpless and they learn how to point out and to provide project their insecurities and their feelings of inadequacies onto someone else. Here, Jesus presents them with a lesson plan. Their lesson plan was broken down into three parts. Number one, the problem. Number two, the purpose. Number three, the principle let's look at the first part of our lesson plan today the problem the problem was they didn't know who they were and who God was to them so their faith was misplaced the bible said and they came to him and awoke him saying master master we perish then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and there they ceased and there was a calm I want you to notice that their provost their teacher their master teacher was sleeping in the same storm that kept them awake he was in the same boat in the same circumstances but look his response was different you see what God wants to do is to allow you to understand that the kingdom that you live in is not driven by reactions. It's driven by respond. That means that God has a strategy for you to respond to any crisis. It means that it is the same problems that we have today. We don't know who we are and we don't know who God is. Therefore, our faith is misplaced. Faith takes you into the realm of God. Faith Faith takes you not only into the realm of God, it takes you into the realm of good. Faith not only takes you into the realm of God and the realm of good, it takes you into the realm of miracles. It takes you into the realm of hallelujah that connects you to the person of God it connects you to the power of God it connects you to the presence of God one of the things you gotta understand is this that in the midst of the storm let the devil do what he wants to do but you gotta rise up and say devil you do what you're going to do but I'm going to do what I'm about to do and that's take dominion over your nonsense hallelujah it's time for you to put the devil in place in his place the scripture says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and if you knew the person that lived on the inside of you you would allow that person to stand up for you in the midst of the storm you will begin to say that it is not by my mind might nor by my power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. You've got to understand that when God shows up, He shows up as a sovereign God, and in His sovereignty, He's supreme over everything, He's supreme over all His creation. That means that He is the absolute and universally supreme God. It means that no situation and circumstance is off limit to the god that created the heaven and the earth and it's plainly revealed without scripture and when i read it scripture affirms the sovereignty of god first chronicles chapter 29 verse 11 and 12 says thine O lord is the greatness of And the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all in heaven and all in earth is thine. For thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thou art exalted as head above all and thou reignest over all God is not only the supreme God over creation but God is the supreme king of kings and he's the Lord of Lord all that he has designed he does all that he decrees he performs the Bible said but our God is in heaven he hath done whatsoever he pleased and why has he because there is no wisdom there is no understanding there is no counsel against our Lord that is what Proverbs 30:21 and 30 says God is supreme God is supreme over all his creation God's supremacy and sovereignty is depicted over the works of his hand in Inanimate matter, irrational creatures, Satan beings are all performing their maker's bidding. That is sentient beings, thoughtful beings, not satanic, but S A T I E N, sentient beings, thinking beings. Amen. Are at his pleasure, think about it. He holds the winds in his hand. He the one that holds the wind in his hands. He was the one that caused the winds to open up the Red Sea and to stand up like walls. He was the one that created the earth, but the same one that created the earth spoke and the earth opened his mouth or her mouth and the rebels dropped in it. He was the one that created the sun and the same one that created the sun ordered the sun to stand still. In other words, whatever he creates are at his command. He acts with power. He acts with dominion. He acts with might and he acts with authority. Now here's the caveat and here is your takeaway. That same God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominion gives you might. Dominion gives you power dominion gives you authority you've got to understand that he created everything including man but when he created everything that you see in the universe he created it with his mouth and he spoke it and it was man becomes the only thing that he then puts his hand on in order to create. In other words, he didn't have to put his hand on the sun. He didn't have to put his hand on the moon. He didn't have to put his hand on flower, but the God that created you first put his hand on you and he has never lifted his hand. God's hand is always with you. His hand is with you in the midst of the storm. You've got to understand he is the same God that made the ravens carry food to Elijah. He's the same God that answered by fire. He's the same God that caused iron to swim to the top of the water. He is the same God that caused man to defy gravity. He is the same God that caused lions to be tamed when Daniel was cast in the midst of the lions' den. He is the same God that cools off And if God said, I am no respecter of purpose, wherever you find yourself today, the hand of God is about to be moved on your behalf. The scripture says, hallelujah, that you serve a great big God because God is the only one spoken in scripture that works all things after the counsel of His will. What is God's will for your life? We know that it is—it's God's will that you do not perish. We know that it is God's will that you are, are are healthy. We know that it is God's will that you are strengthened in the inner man. We know it's God's will that wealth and riches are in your house. We know it is God's will that you are the head. And not the tail. We know it is God's will that you are above only and not beneath. We know it's God's will that you are up in front and not behind. We know it's God's will to restore everything that Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. Because Jesus said, "I came to restore that which was a loss." I decree and declare that your faith is being energized. Your faith is being taken off of life support because you have the power. Power of God, not only working with you, but working in you. It is time to take your faith off of welfare. We are so accustomed to layaways. We have bought so much fear insurance against the inevitable that we don't have enough faith for the possible. With God, all things are no matter what the devil had said to you, I want to announce he's a liar. Hallelujah. You are coming out and you are coming out with more than a t-shirt. You are coming out with power. You are coming out with joy. You are coming out with Peace. You, whatever you lost last season is about to be restored this season. You have been through the you have been through the flood you have been through hard times you have been through it but it's time for you to come out hallelujah something is shifting for you your history will not be your destiny The problem the problem is this that the disciples hallelujah did not know who they were and they did not know who God was and in their object lesson Jesus had to show them that you have been created in the image of God and I am a God hallelujah in the flesh and what I am able to do you are able to do as well the disciples had a problem and their problem was threefold number one their faith had been displaced number two their fear had become dominant number three the word it had become dormant so let's deal with it one by one the displaced faith your faith can be displaced in two places he said where is your faith in other words their faith had been displaced. So when your faith is displaced. Is displaced in two places. Or two dimensions. Number one. The dimension of the past. Number two. The dimension of the future. And let me explain this. The dimension of the past. Wishing things never happen. Or living regretfully. That's when your faith is displaced. In your past. Number two. The dimension of the future. Hoping things would change, but not doing anything to change. Not certain, but fearful that it will never, God's word will never come to pass. Displaced faith. Faith. Here's God's prescription for both. And if you would turn with me to Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Displaced. It's either displaced in the future or displace in the past. But scripture says now faith, faith only operates in the present. Scripture says, remember not the former things. That's the past. Neither consider things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. That's the future. But watch this. There's a colon or semicolon. Now, now, It shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. That means that faith is a right now present tense mentality. Right now. So if you're saying I'm believing that things will change tomorrow. Your faith is displaced. You've got to call those things that be not. So that means that what God needs to do is upgrade our faith and to teach us how to operate no matter what the circumstances are in the now. The wind is gonna keep blowing until you tell it to stop. But you can't tell it to stop tomorrow cause it'll keep blowing. When do you want it to stop? Now. Now, Jesus, Interestingly enough, teaching the disciples once again about faith, he goes to this fig tree one time. And the fig tree was uh, broadcasting something that it wasn't. The Bible says that it had leaves on it. And in other words, a fig tree is different from every other tree. Every other tree will have leaves and then fruit. But the fig tree will have fruit and then leaves. So what it was simply saying, if Jesus went to any other tree and it was leaves and it didn't have fruit, he wouldn't have cursed it. Why? Because he knew that the leaves meant that the fruit was coming. But with the fig tree, the leaves meant the fruit was there. So it was broadcasting something that it wasn't. Something that it didn't have. Now, this is what the devil is doing to the average believer. The average believer doesn't know what it has. And so the enemy is convincing you that that somehow you've got leaves, but you don't have the fruit. In other words, God keeps telling you that you're powerful, but look at your situation. He keeps telling you that you're healed, but you still feel sick. He keeps telling you that you're rich. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, he keeps telling you to say that, but where's your strength? And so this is what the enemy is doing to the average Christian. He's calling you out on the area of your authority. Jesus went into the wilderness being led of the spirit. And I'm coming back to the story of the fig tree. And when he was led there, he was tempted of the devil. The devil said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, watch this. The devil knew who he was. So what was the test? The test was, do you know who you are? And are you going to be moved by external circumstances or your internal conviction? In other words, Jesus said, look, I know who I am. I know who I am. I don't need you as a demonic force to make me Use my power for personal gain. I don't have to do that. I'm bigger than that. I know who I am. What he wanted was to test his conviction. I know who you are, but do you know who you are? Every morning you awaken. You awaken to a world in motion. And when you get out to go in your car, if you go outside, the sun that shines know who you are. The tree that you pass knows who you are. The grass that you pass know who you are. In fact, the scripture says that all of humanity is travailing, waiting for the sons of God to manifest. In other words, they know who you are, but it's time for you to manifest who you are. Stop walking around as if you are not as powerful as God says you are. You are powerful. You are more than a conqueror. Let the winds blow. It's only a matter of time before you are going to be able to say, Peace be still. Enough is enough. Back up, devil. Now, I'm giving you a warning. Are you hearing me? The Bible says that Jesus walks and this fig tree was was, uh, broadcasting something that it wasn't or it didn't have. Here's the thing about you. You can broadcast it because you have it you have the power are you with me just because i'm being tested doesn't mean I don't know who I am. Just because you don't like me doesn't mean I don't know who I am. Just because you don't know who I am doesn't mean I don't know who I am. Just because you don't respect who I am doesn't mean I don't know who I am. I not only know who I am I know who's. I I am tonight. God is restoring your identity. One of the things I love about church is this, that you're going to hear the gospel. And when the gospel is preached, it's preached to increase your faith. Romans 1, 16 to 17, if you would go there with me, please. Romans 1, 16 to 17. I'm so excited about this message. I almost started preaching, and I'm supposed to teach. Bible study, right? The scripture says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, what the enemy wants you to do is not show up at church, not read your Bible, because he knows the power of the gospel. The gospel, when it is preached, when you can read it, when you can study it, it's going to increase your faith. When you look at life, life is going to throw a lot of different wrenches in the mechanics of your life. You're going to have a lot of storms. But whatever storm you are facing, whatever storm you will face, whatever storm you have faced, you got to understand that there is a measure of faith For everything. Let's look at this for a a moment. Look at Romans 12 and 3. There's a measure of faith for everything. So whatever you're going through, you could be challenged by sickness. You could be challenged by in your marriage. You could be experiencing a financial storm. You could be experiencing a health storm. Uh, There's nothing like not feeling like yourself, like not having the energy. Has anyone ever been so sick you were even too sick for your faith to be? you, You just wanted medication. Have you ever been so down that you didn't even want people to pray for you anymore? I don't want to hear it. Has that ever happened to anybody? Yes. Yes, Yes, it has happened. This is when the enemy will come in and create a storm to drive your destiny out of alignment with God's plan for your life. Romans 12 and 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It doesn't say don't think of yourself highly. It just says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But to think soberly according as God has dealt every man, watch this, the measure of faith. So no matter what you are confronted with, there is a measure of faith that God will give you, that God will appropriate to you, commensurate to that storm. Let me say it this way. No matter what you go through, there is a measure of faith that God will give you to make it through the storm. No matter what you are going through, there is a measure of faith that God will give you to take you through that test. Let's see if we could follow this up. That means that God will give you a measure of faith. For what you need. When you need it. To survive any, any storm. Write that down. God will give you. Put me there. God will give me a measure of faith. For what I need. When I need it. In order to survive the storm. So let's see if we could follow this up. Job 13, 15 to 16. Job was given a measure of faith to survive a test. Watch this. He said, though you slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation. Now, this is important because you are going to have a test of your faith. And the Bible says in that test, Hebrews ten twenty three, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. So each one of us are going to be tested in the area of our faith faith in God, faith in who God says we are, faith in God's person, faith in God's principles, faith in God's um, uh, 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 power. You're going to have faith in God. And he said, hold fast. Don't let go of that faith. Look at first Timothy one 18. The Bible said this charge. I Commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou mightest war a good warfare. And so whenever a prophecy is given to you, it means that the enemy is going to fight you in that area. So if you've had a prophecy that addresses, say, God is going to make you a millionaire. That means that the enemy is going to cause a financial storm to happen. If you have started a business uh, based on that prophetic word, your business is going to be attacked. If you started a ministry, your ministry is going to be attacked. Here's what I've seen happen to the average person. When a person is called To another individual say you know that you're called to that person that relationship is going to come under attack and this is what happened with with Jesus he he called the 12 but there was one person by the name of Judas watch this Judas would have stayed faithful had it not been for another person speaking into his ear and I'm going to I'm going to tell you something about loyalty and covenant what I've discovered. Is this, and this is for everyone that's a future leader. Whenever you have someone that says, God, call me to you. And whenever you establish a very solid, trusting relationship with that person. And when that person all of a sudden starts moving away, it is because another person has got their ear. There's a third person that's there. Now, this happened in the Garden of Eden. He had, uh, uh, Adam has a close relationship with God. And then what happens? Satan comes in, slithers in and whispers in his ear and raises a question about God's integrity. You see, let let, let me share with you how I deal with this. Everyone has the right to make a decision, right? So now if you say you're called to me, and we cut covenant, I'm expecting you to keep your end of the deal. Now, if you don't keep your end of the deal, guess what? I'll still keep mine. However, once you move out of place, you've made a decision and you've left me to make a decision. Now, when you get your, come back to your senses, and you come back and you say, you salary, God might have put your replacement in your position and the space is no longer available. Are you hearing me? And, and you, you, you've got to watch this. It's not like we can be sisters. We can be siblings in the, in the Lord. It's like, not like I can still go to dinner with you, but you will not be in that same place. Why? Because we're dealing with divine timetables. You might be God's best, but God might test you. And I'm going to share with you, the longer the test, the more auspicious the presentation God will make for you in this world. The more power, the more influence. And a lot of times it's the preparation that messes us up. And it happens in choirs. It happens in leadership. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples. For instance, you've been in a church longer than everybody. You've get this Johnny come lately person. And all of a sudden, you've been the one sacrificing. But the person gets the promotion. And and you get an attitude and you walk away. After all I'm giving, God might be. Testing your level of loyalty and commitment. He wants to know can I trust you at this level? Because if I can trust you at this level, then I can give you power at a higher level. But if I can't trust you at this level, if you cannot run, keep up with the footmen, how are you going to run with the horsemen? If you can take an attack down at this level, God knows when I give you world, uh, 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 world exposure, you're going to embarrass the king because the principalities and powers that will come at you once God introduces you to a world sage, you can never imagine the kind of stability and faith you need in order to be sustained there. I'm talking to somebody today. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN.